John 3.16, I'm going to read John 3.16. John 3.16, I'm in the King James Version. And it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Lord, bring your power, bring your grace, bring your dominion, bring your love. Allow me to be in order with you, in sync with you. Say what it is you would have me to say. In the name of Jesus, we do pray. Amen. I want to speak to you from the subject, the unconditional love of the cross. The unconditional love of the cross. Name any problem that plagues our world today, and I will point you toward an underlining emotional or spiritual need in the heart of a man. Drug abuse, child abuse, spouse abuse, poverty, war, violence, crime. Each of these situations is a result of a ripple effect that begins with an unmet need in the heart of one man, one woman somewhere on this earth. The person reacts to circumstances that he or she believes are related to his or her unmet need in a way that is unhealthy, ungodly, and ultimately unsatisfactory. Perhaps with an outburst of angry words, a, a drink, or the use of a drug to attempt to escape the need. A retaliatory measure or grasping for material possessions in a hope of resolving the need. At that point, a trigger has been pulled. Another person is called to feel pressure to respond to the needy person's behavior. And so the problem expands and intensifies from person to person until the entire family, the neighborhood, the community, the city, the nation, and the world is involved. The basic uh, condition uh, of a man's heart is neediness. And the foremost need that mankind faces is the need for unconditional love. At the foundation of all other needs, we find tremendous need, a tremendous need to be affirmed by someone who will accept us for who we are. Yeah, y'all don't hear me. That's why you got to have your, 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 your mind and your, and your issues worked out. The, the place of ministry is not the place for you to do your psychoanalysis. You can't get up here and not have your issues together, or at least you can't bring them up here to the pulpit. You can't bring your problems to people. Come on, somebody. Some people can't serve because you bleed on the people because you're looking for love from all the wrong places. You're looking for love in all the cracks and crevices of life. You're looking for love in the club, in the bar. You're looking for love on your back. You're looking for love in the alley. You're looking for love in crack cocaine. You're looking for love in the affirmation of somebody that walked away from you when you should be looking for the unconditional love of Jesus. We long for someone to say to us, I love you without adding any if you, when you, or so why don't you statements. We have a deep ache to be appreciated for no reason other than the fact that we are alive and a child of God. 
Only God can give us this unconditional love in unlimited quantities. Only God has an infinite capacity to love in this manner. All human beings will ultimately disappoint us or fail us in their love. Why? Because they are also in need of unconditional love. We should never expect from another person what that person is incapable of giving us. Not because they wouldn't like to love us in this manner, but because they simply do not have the infinite capacity to love us fully and unconditionally all the time in all situations and regardless of what we do. To love a person unconditionally is not necessarily to like everything that the person does or says. It is to love the person in spite of what he or she does or says. To love unconditionally means to help a person become who that person can be in Christ Jesus. To help the person reach his or her potential mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. To love unconditionally means to forgive a person freely and as often as necessary. To love unconditionally means to allow another person to express his or her opinions and feelings and to function fully in his or her ministry gift without hindrance. To love unconditionally means to want for another person what God wants for that person, not what you want. Oh, come on, somebody. Not even what they want. Oh, y'all don't hear what I'm saying. But what God wants and to be sensitive always to God's timing and God's chosen methods for accomplishing his purposes in a person's life. When you try to control somebody's life, try to control their outcome, try to make them be what it is you want them to be, that ain't nothing but witchcraft. Oh, come on, somebody, you're a witch or a warlock trying to control that individual, trying to make them fit into what it is you think they should be when God has already made them fearfully and wonderfully. Can I talk to somebody, anybody that's trying to change everything about you? Come on, somebody. I wish I had Whitney Houston that could come talk to me because she'd tell you, I, I, I love me, take me for what I am because I'll never change all my colors for you. Oh, y'all don't hear me. Oh, there's a threefold need for love. Our need for love manifests itself in three very basic needs. A need for acceptance, a need to feel competent, and a need to feel worthy. That, that helped me with some of the staff members, so I'm going to change the, mem- the, the meeting up a little bit. But, 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 but only God provides a mean for us uh, uh, to be fully accepted and reconciled to himself and to others. His provision is his plan for forgiveness. You got, y'all don't hear me. Remember Joseph became the number two man under Pharaoh even though Pharaoh was the one that put him in jail. Come on somebody. If he didn't forgive him, what would he be? Y'all, y'all don't hear what I'm saying. I, I, I'm going to leave it alone. Only God provides a means for us to feel competent. His provision comes to us in the form of natural and spiritual gifts which we bestow, uh, he bestows upon us as our creator. For example, some may truly be called to ministry, but may not necessarily have the gift of preaching. Help me. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, 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 you might can go feed the homeless, but you might not need a microphone. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, 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 you might can make a job for North in the parking lot, but you might not need to be on the praise team. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, but, <laughs> see, only God provides a means for us to feel worthy and needed. 
His provision comes in the person of the Holy Spirit who guides us into the paths we ought to walk and, and the work we ought to do presents to us opportunities to manifest his forgiveness and reveals to us ways in which we are to employ our natural and spiritual gifts. Only God has a means for completely fulfilling our need for love. Uh, see, the greatest sign of God's love is is this, we Christians have a symbol of God's love that is not heart-shaped, but rather cross-shaped. It is the symbol of the cross, which tells us that God so loved us, he sent to die in our place, Jesus. He loved us to the extent that he would send his only begotten son to die the cruel death of a crucifixion so that we might not experience the consequences of our sins, but rather experience forgiveness and life eternal. Let me read it one more time because John 3.16 declares, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. If you ever have a doubt about God's love for you, look at the cross. It's, it, it is there that God expressed the fullness of his love. To the Jews, the cross was a stumbling block, a sign of weakness. To the Greeks, it was a sign of foolishness. But to all who believed in Jesus Christ, the cross is a sign of the power, wisdom, and love of God. The cross tells us three important things about God's love. God loves sinners. I don't sin on purpose because he loved non-sinners too. But we all fall short. Uh, two, God freely bestows his love on all who will receive it. Three, God's love is without recall, which means he don't take it back. The first great message of the cross is that God loves sinners. At no place in the Bible will you find that God loves those who succeed on the strength of their own willpower and then turn to him. At no place will you find that God loves only those who are uh, of a certain heritage, birthright, or those who possess a certain degree or type of talents or skills. At no place will you find that God loves only those who are members of a certain race, nation, gender, economic standing, or denomination. No, God loves every person and he loves us while we were yet sinners. Oh, I feel like old school today. I think the robe do something to me. Yeah, I'm trying to read Romans 5, 6, and 8 through, through 8 says, for when we were still without strength. Oh, see, y'all don't understand. I didn't have no strength on yesterday. I didn't know how I was going to come here. I called Reverend Walter and I said, there's a 90% chance I'm going to preach, but I need you to stand by on 10% because I didn't know I was going to have enough power to get up here and bring a word for you. Come on, somebody. But even when we don't have strength, God carries us. Even when we don't think we can make it, God carries us. Why? He's an alpha and the Omega. And if I can just keep walking, he'll carry me through the finish line. You better tell that slippery serpent to get out of your mind and take captive every thought that's going on that people are trying to tell you what you can and can't do. It's God who gives me the power to obtain wealth. I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. I looked up all in the Greek and it meant all. I looked up all in Hebrew and it meant all. I looked up all in Swahili and it meant all. I looked at all the major languages of the Bible and all men all <laughs> when I was out strength 
In due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Oh, y'all don't hear me. What does this mean to us? It, it means that nobody is beyond the reach of God's love. The dope dealer can find love. The prostitute can find love. The whoremonger can find love. The racist can find love. The Republican can find love. The Democrat can find love. The murderer can find love. Nothing can separate me from the love of my God. Number two, God's love is freely given. The second great message of the cross is that God's love is freely given to all who will receive it. Uh, uh, underline the word receive it. Certainly the death of Jesus on the cross was the most expensive price ever paid on your behalf or my behalf. Nothing could possibly be more valuable than the blood of Jesus Christ, but that gift was given freely. Of Jesus' own will. Remember we said that Jesus and God had a conversation in Hebrews and they began to discuss that an animal wasn't even a human. So how in the world could an animal give up its life to forgive sins? And they rethought everything that they had already put in play. And then Jesus said, you know what? I know what you're thinking, God. You need me to go down there willingly. There's one thing for you to sacrifice me and I don't ask you to. And I don't want you to do it. I don't go willingly. But Jesus said, don't get it twisted, Satan. I know I set everything up for me to go to the cross, but no man take my life. I lay it down, and when I lay it down, I pick it back up again. So can I talk to all the members who have lost loved ones? Can I talk to all the non-members who have lost loved ones? If they know Jesus, even though the life was laid down, Jesus will pick it back up again in heaven. And all those. They're not here. To be absent from the body is to be present with God. Oh, I know you're crying because you lost your mama. I know you're crying because you lost your daddy. I know you're crying because you lost your brother. I know you're crying because you lost your friend. I know you're crying because you lost your granddaddy. I know you're crying because you lost your spouse. But can I tell you one thing? If they know Jesus, just understand you're crying for yourself and not them because they don't want to come back down here. Because John said in my father's house there's many mansions and if it was not so, I would have told you. Hmm. No more sicknesses. No more rapid COVID tests. <laughs> no more need to quarantine. No more need to worry about wearing a mask. No more need to worry about somebody breathing on me anymore. I'm not saying hurry up and die, but I'm saying where they are, they got more peace. Because death has been put to sleep. Oh, y'all don't hear me. Ah, he, there are no prerequisites though, see? There are no long list of things we must do to receive God's gift of love. There are no prerequisites. <laughs> we must strive to meet in our own strength. God loves us while we are yet sinners and freely offers us his love. 
our part is to accept it, to believe and receive. See, what good, good news this is. See, see, God's free gift of love and salvation means that there is nothing we must do to earn God's love. Yeah, sister girl might want you to buy her a car. Huh? Sister girl might want you to buy her a ring that's three and four paychecks. Come on, somebody. Yeah, brother man might want some milk and cookies. <laughs> but God's only motivation for loving us and forgiving us is the motivation of his own heart. We cannot make God love us and we cannot keep God from loving us. See, does this mean that all people automatically receive God's love? Nope. Receiving is an intentional act of our faith. It is not a work, but it is an intentional desire and willingness on our part to receive what God offers. God does not bestow his presence, including his love, where, we where he is not welcome. He does not force himself into a person's heart. He ain't going to stalk you. He ain't going to look through your phone. He ain't going to follow you where you're going. But rather, he offers his love freely. And whenever the doors of our hearts are open to him, he enters fully. Jesus said in, in Revelation 3.20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. We only need to open the door of our hearts to him to avail ourselves of his presence and love. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. God's love is done without recall. That's three. He don't extend his love and then take it back. He does not give his love, un he doesn't give his love conditionally on the base of anything we do and accordingly. He does not withdraw his love on the basis of anything we do. We cannot cause God to stop loving us. God's love is constant and abiding. It does not change. It does not waver or vary according to anything we do or fail to do. That's why you got to be careful. You ain't got to shoot your enemy. If your enemy wrong, God will deal with him. Even when we sin, God loves us. Even when we reject God, he loves us. Even when we walk away from his plan and purposes for our lives, he loves us. There is nothing we can do to separate ourselves from his love. Romans tells us like this, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? For I'm persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present 
present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other thing created shall be able to separate me from the love of my God. See, I felt like a black woman when God began to tell me and help me deal with Satan. I was like, Satan, what in the world can separate me from the love of my God? Not my sinful nature, not my cursing mouth, not my messed up self, not my flaws, not my ailments, not my infirmities, not my weaknesses, not my ineffective leadership. Nothing can separate me from his love. So if I can just talk to you, get in the mirror of your car, get in the mirror of your house and just talk to yourself and tell that demon that's trying to tell you that you ain't nothing. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. In fact, get the Vaseline out and let him know, oh, you ready? No, y'all don't hear what I'm saying? Tell Satan he ain't got nothing on you. Tell Satan that you take dominion over every thought and take captive every thought that he throws at you. Tell Satan he's already defeated. See, that's the problem I have with church. If, if God says you have dominion over the angels that are obedient to him, and angels got upset and said, God, what is man that you're mindful of him? You made everything to be subject under his feet, yet he don't walk in that authority. See, the angels are jealous because you have authority they don't have. They can only be obedient. You have free will. You have the power to annihilate Satan when you feel like it. And you have power over Michael. You have power over the angel that was dispatched to go get Job. I mean, to, to go get Daniel when he said that, 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 that the prince of Persia was holding him up. And Jesus said, I could have called 12 legions of angels. And angels, a legion is about a hundred and something thousand. So you, he's really saying, I can call a legion for myself and 11 other of my disciples because Judas had died. So he said, if I, he said, look here, you got thousands of angels around you that you have authority over and you letting that slippery serpent tell you that you can't find a job you letting that slippery serpent tell you that COVID-19 gonna take you out you letting that slippery serpent tell you that police brutality can have you walking around in fear racism can't stop me and I'm blacker than a lot of y'all can't stop me I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You can't stop me. I let the devil get in my mind for one second, but no, mm -mm, you can't have it. See, God's love is an absolute. The sad fact is, however, that many people do not believe God loves them because they do not feel his love. God's love is present and offered freely to them, but they don't know how to receive God's love in a way that is heartfelt and meaningful to them. See, 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 I'm gonna tell you, can I tell you something? And I'm gonna go ahead and tell you something. I, I was hurt. I'm just now feeling funerals. See, see, I used to bury people even though I loved them. I didn't feel them. Why? Because when I first got here, it was some church folk that was shooting me. So I was already kind of an introvert, but I wasn't as introverted as I am now. 
And people think because I talk that I'm not introverted and people be trying to tell me what I am. And I don't say nothing. I just sit there and listen, but you can't tell me what I am. But I became more introverted because it, it, I had deacons trying to kill me. They, they, they all gone now. Deacon spells you good. Uh, but, 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 but I had, I had, I had, I had leaders that I was trying to lean on that was trying to destroy me. And so I got to the point where I was leading and I was pastoring and I was doing a good job with leadership. But there really wasn't as much compassion in me as now. Oh, y'all don't hear me. So even though yesterday when the devil was attacking my mind, even in the midst of my sadness, God showed me that although the devil meant it for evil, he meant it for good. All of a sudden I stopped crying and said, you know what I felt like? I felt like the Grinch that stole Christmas. Remember when the Grinch said, oh no, oh no, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling. And y'all understand what I'm saying? And you got to understand that sometimes God breaks you so you can feel the pain. So you can understand that you're human. So you can be able to have compassion with other people. I can feel the pain and I'm happy. Because now when I go, I can really feel the pain of somebody. But I didn't feel it. I would go to people's funerals who I love and wouldn't feel nothing. Because I had callous been up around me because the church was trying to kill me. Church was trying to kill me. Not the kingdom. But the church, church folk, traditional folk was mad because we was changing. We was in the paper for in-touch basketball and people were telling me I need to take care of the members. I remember one day, I'm riding on my motorcycle and I'm like, man, something in my eye. And all of a sudden I couldn't see and I just was crying and didn't even realize I was crying. Like, but, but I wasn't going to fall like P. Diddy did in his video. <laughs> and that was staged. It was going to hurt. Let me get off this road. <laughs> uh, or let me get home because I didn't want nobody to see me in the weak moment. Some of you all have had church hurt. Who you remember we talked about that topic? Who? And I believe God may have broken down the church to break down some of the people's tears. Oh, y'all don't hear what I'm saying. Church has to reinvent itself and understand that it was established as a hospital. You won't, you don't, see, see, what, what, what happened is when we had a lot of people join the church, people kept saying too many people joining and too many people getting saved. You know what they really were saying? Too many folk that's unchurched coming here. We want some folk from First Baptist Denby. We want some folk from Gethsemane. We want some First Baptist more. We want some people that already got together. We, we don't want to clean this fish. We want something that's already cooked and together. We want it already on a platter, on a plate. We don't want to have to work with it. We don't want to have to teach it. We want it to come in here, bring us some tithes and offerings already. Ooh. I wonder why God had me preaching on my birthday because I surely didn't want to. But y'all got to hear this. And I got to hear it too. See, 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 see. How is it that we get into a position both to know and to receive God's love in a way that we truly feel it and know it, experience it, and, and not only with our minds or by our faith, we, we, we got to seek the Lord. 
The Bible tells us that if we truly seek the Lord, we will find him. If we truly seek to know him and to experience his presence, we will know him and experience his love. Jesus taught, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it shall be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks will find. And to him who knocks it will be opened. If you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask for him? That's Matthew 7, 7 through 8 and 11. He says, look, I love those who love me and those who seek me digitally will find me. That's Proverbs 8, 17. But Psalm 23, 1 and 2, I love this. He says, oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. See, ain't nothing wrong with being thirsty. The problem is what you gonna drink. Come on, somebody. If you thirsty for the brick house, you got the wrong thirst. Don't don't listen to Sprite. You better not obey your thirst with that one. If you thirsty because he drove up with a Maybach beans. I need to just go drink some water of Jesus because you thirsted for the wrong thing. To seek the Lord means that we make our relationship with him our priority and foremost desire. Not cars, not houses, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. Houses will be added. Oh! Woo! I shut it up a bullshit. No matter what happens to us or around us, we choose to obey God, follow God, and have a daily and intimate relationship with him. To seek the Lord means to want the Lord in every aspect of your life, every moment of every day. It means to be in pursuit of the Lord, not in pursuit of happiness. Eager to talk to him, listen to him, and consult with him at all times and in all situations. Those who truly seek the Lord ask the Holy Spirit to lead them and guide them daily. They ask the Lord to meet their needs in his way according to his timing and methods, including their need to experience love, his love. So you got to seek with expectations. I'm almost done. Those who seek the Lord expect God to answer. You know why some people don't come to church? Because church folk don't expect to be changed. It's funny, I, I, have, I, have, I have two clients that whatever door I go in, they tell me I got to go out the same door. And, 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 and every time I go over there, that's what he says. He says, when you go in this door, when you go in this door, you got to go back out the same door you came in. And, and, and God began to talk to me theologically about that because when you went into the threshing floor, you would go in one door and leave out another door. You know what God is telling you? He said, if you come into my presence, when you leave, you're not going to leave the same way. And so when you come to church, whether you're in driving or whether you're sitting on your couch, listen to me online. When you come into the presence of God, you should walk out differently. No longer will I walk in the same door. And go out the same door. I believe COVID-19 gave me a revelation because Sister Muriel said when they come in this door, you got to go out that door. And I was like, what a revelation. Because when they come in this door, they should leave differently. Oh, you don't hear me right now. You don't hear me. God will begin to drop revelation to you when it don't even make sense. 
Don't make no sense how I got a revelation of going to a house when they tell me I came in the garage door, so I got to leave at the garage door. I came in the front door, I got to leave out the front door. He said, I believe that whatever door you come in, you got to go out the same one. Well, let me tell you, brother, man, I believe that when I go in one door with Jesus, I need to go out another door because I shouldn't leave the same way I came into his presence because his unconditional love and grace. Oh, I'm preaching today. Oh, Lord, have mercy. I know I'm talking fast. Get the CD and the DVD, put it on slow motion and just. Jesus, look at it. See, <laughs> see, Jesus was intertestamental. He he brought the old testament and the new testament and reconciled it. And see, when you gotta understand Reverend Walden and other folk in your thirties and and forties, I think you're still in your twenties. But me, I'm in my forties now. <laughs> but, but and so each generation is about forty years. So you gotta be intertestamental. Look at me with a robe and boots on. New school, old school. Reconciling the two together. And when you really love God, you stop getting caught up in them Willie Lynch syndromes. See, Willie Lynch said that he would keep the black people and people in bondage for 400 years because he said the dark against the light, the light against the dark, the old against the young, and all these different differences. But God is, is a God of three and four generations. I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. How do you expect to accomplish anything with one generation? You foolish people. But when you love God more than you love yourself, when you love God more than you love your hat. See, see, see some of y'all mad because you can't show your big hat off. Where in your car? about everything but seek the Lord in their need for God's love. Looking for love in all the wrong places. Looking for love. They try to suppress their need for his love. Claiming that it isn't important to them. Some try to deny that God loves them. Claiming to be unlovable because of sin. Some strive to meet that need for unconditional love by turning to people rather than God. Always to their eventual disappointment. And all the while, it is, it is so simple to do the one thing that's required. Seek the Lord. Are you willing to turn to him today and say, Lord, I need to feel your love in my heart and in my life. I need to know you and to feel your presence with me. Are you willing to spend time with the Lord reading his word and listening for him to speak to you? Those who seek him, find him and those who find him, find that his loving arms are opened and wide to them. I'm about to close. Do you not understand how much God loves you? 
he was born in a filthy manger in the presence of only sheep and oxen. Born in smelling the stench of animals, bodily fluids and waste, wrapped in milk rags and swaddling clothes, yet he was Emmanuel, God is with us, a holy thing was born and wrapped in dirty filthy things, he did this to let us know that there are no prerequisites to earn God's love he let you know that you can be wrapped up, a holy thing can be wrapped up in a filthy thing it says in 2 Corinthians 4 7, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Did you know that you are the treasure wrapped up in the earthen vessel? Do you know you ain't nothing but a bag of dirt and your spirit houses the Holy Spirit? He loves you, although you are nothing but a bag of dirt. He loves you in spite of your flaws. He loves you in spite of your shortcomings. He loves you in spite of your failures. He loves you in spite of your sin. He loves you in spite of your selfishness. He loves you in spite of your attitude. He loves you in spite of your race. He loves you in spite of your side. He loves you just because he loves you. He loves you when you do right. He loves you when you do wrong. He loves you when you're righteous. He loves you when you sin. He loves you. He knows you're nothing but an earthen vessel. Yet he loves you so much that he will wrap the Holy Spirit in your mess, in your sinfulness, in your fornication, in your homosexuality, in your lesbianism, in your lying, in your cheating, in your embezzling, in your crime, in your murder. He'll still wrap the Holy Spirit up in the midst of you. Greater is he who is in me that he is in the world. Stop losing these fights to Satan. Stop losing these fights to Satan. He has no power nor dominion over you. None. He has no authority. You have the authority. You have the authority. When he died on the cross, he reconciled the power you lost in the Garden of Eden because of the foul fall of Adam and Eve. He gave you that power back. He loves you so unconditionally that he gave you power that you don't even understand you have. It's a scene in the movie. I forget. I think it's called Powerball. I think that's what it's called. Yeah, I'll figure it out. But, uh, Brad Pitt is in it and he's the Oakland A's general manager. And he started all the way that you draft people on stats instead of personality. And they began to do everything he did. And they showed, the, his friend showed him a scene of a man hitting the ball. And although he was fat, he was going to try to round second base. He failed trying to go past first base. And was crawling on his stomach to get back to first base. And something unconventional happened. The first baseman helped him up. And he looked at him like, why you help me up? He like, hey, man. You hit a home run. Keep running. Come on, somebody. When you accept that Jesus Christ, you hit a home run and don't even know it. You already won. Because you accepted Jesus, you have a power in you that no weapon formed against you can prosper. 
You hit a home run, but don't even know. <laughs> you got dominion, but you're not walking in it. He died on the cross to reconcile the power back to you. So you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Because he died in your place for your sins. He gave you all the power. Walk in your dominion. Walk in your power. Walk in your grace. I'm not talking about mercy. We already know you got mercy from the cross, but your grace is the power to do stuff you shouldn't have the power to do. We shouldn't have the power to continue to exist in the midst of a pandemic, but God gives us grace. God gives you grace. If you want to have this grace I'm talking about, if you want to have this everlasting joy that surpasses all understanding, if you want to be able to walk on serpents, heed to this and accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior.